3: Back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Total Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome the program John O'Hurley and David Fry of the National Dog Show. Guys, thanks for calling. How are you? Well, nice to talk with you
1: once again. great.
3: Yeah, it is great to talk to both of you. Now, John, tell me how it's going to be a little different. We've talked about little differences. We've talked about when we've done other promotions of the other dog shows and last year. How's it going to be different this year? How did you guys go out about the filming of this year's show.
1: Well, I want to say hats off to NBC for committing to do this this year so that we can still continue our pattern of normalcy and bringing something as enjoyable as the National Dog Show to a Thanksgiving tradition now in our 19th year. This year, however, uh, we are going to have a few dogs less. Uh, uh, But that doesn't mean the competition isn't going to be steeper because this year to be... Considered for the show this year, you had to have been a breed champion. So we're going to have between five and 600 of the best dogs that we've ever put in front of a camera. So we're actually very excited about the level of competition. Now, uh, also the several protocols to, to keep in place. We're masking our, uh, our handlers and our judges. Uh, we have no audience. We have cardboard cutouts. But to be a cardboard cutout, you had to have made a significant <laughs> contribution to a pet-oriented charity. So we're very proud about that um and aside from that david and i are going to be actually co-hosting it from our homes so this will be the first time in the 19 year history that we actually get to enjoy thanksgiving dinner with our families
3: well so that's a that's a nice blessing now david uh so this is different process you've done it for so many years and now you're going to do it virtually how about that
4: it's exciting i mean with the new normal i'd rather be there in person of course but to be able to continue to do it and still bring our our dog show friends together uh, who have, you know, their family involvement in what's going on. And some of them, of course, are professional handlers. So it's nice that we can help provide some impetus to continue to have this dog show. So that's fun. And and it's on a great family holiday, as always. Um, We say dogs until 2, and then we'll give the the remote to uh, all you Steelers fans, those undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, my God. Plus. Steelers are the game of the night on Thursday night on NBC. So uh, that makes it a a win-win situation for everybody there in Western Pennsylvania.
3: Hey, I love hearing that. That's right. Here we go, Steelers. Uh, (laughs) Will it end? Well, when will the uh, first loss happen? Uh, John, do you think they're going to go undefeated? I don't know. It's, you know,
1: everybody says that every year and they, you know, the Patriots, they hoped we're going to be blessed with being undefeated, but. Something just uh, there's just something about trying to go undefeated. It's just difficult to do four quarters without somebody else getting in there and surprising you.
3: Only in 2020. To you from a big yeah. New England Patriots fan, Neil. So <laughs> you should know that. All right, well, you've been on top of the mountain for so long, John. It's time finally for the Steelers know, to get well, to, <laughs> for sure. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, my hats my hats off to them this year. They've got quite a team. They have a they have a great team, and we have a great show. We're very proud to be part of the tradition there on Thanksgiving Day.
3: Absolutely, and David, your preparation a little different because you're not able to be as close on the ground to look at each one of the dogs in the in the process of commentating.
4: Well, we have fewer dogs entered because of the champions only requirement, and also trying to abide by the county rules and regulations there. So we've made it champions only which, which and limited our entry. So we do have great dogs competing, and, and it's going to look pretty much the same. The dogs aren't wearing masks. They're still competing and still running around the ring doing their thing. Uh, you're not supposed to look at the handlers or the judges anyway. Just watch the dogs, and you'll have a good time. They're practicing social distancing, but, uh, but they, as far as they know, they're still they're doing something with the people that they love. And
3: having a good time in competition in this great family sport that we have. Exactly. So, wow, wow. I mean, uh, talk about an excitement. Uh, everyone needs to tune in on Thanksgiving at 12 p.m. Eastern to 2 p.m. Eastern and a special encore 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern on the 28th. Guys, I appreciate you coming by. And, John, I, you got to go, Here He Go Steelers, right? You got to give me a Here He Go Steelers chant, right?
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, you're killing me here! You're asking a Patriot <laughs> fan to go. All right, here we go. Oh, here we go, Steelers.
3: <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys, and for that's stopping by. That, that's that's, that's that, <laughs> I love that enthusiasm. So, take care, guys. Appreciate it and have a nice Thanksgiving. Take care. All right, see you, guys. <laughs> take care. Okay, bye bye. Thank you. You're dear. welcome. Bye bye. You're listening to Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K-12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensec's enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment. I'm excited. To welcome to the program, Caregiver Dave. Dave, how are you? And uh, you told me now the boots off, hey. right? The boots off, right? Or the boots cast off. off?
2: Boots off. I actually have it off right as we speak here. I'm I'm walking around and uh, it feels good. It feels good to be out of the cast. We as have I an
3: amazing guest. I got I got to see uh, a great. Uh, email on our guest and I'm excited to talk with her and learn more about her. So go ahead and introduce our guest, Dave.
2: Well, some know who Mary Fitzgerald is of Selling Sunset Fame. Sells lavish homes, the rich and famous stars in a reality show. Maintains a very interesting personal life.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mary. Welcome to the show, Mary. Thanks thanks for stopping by, Mary. Thank you. you Nice to be here. So, How's COVID affected your business and ways of selling?
0: Uh, you, <clears throat> pardon me. Honestly, it has, um, the market has been on fire right. um, yeah. over the summer. It, it, you know, it slowed down, I would say in the spring, maybe April, May, and then starting June, it started really picking up. July and August were insane. Busiest we've ever been. Not just me, but every agent I know said mm-hmm. they are just overwhelmed There was sure. just a pent-up demand and and um, um so that was great uh <laughs> made a lot of money during those months um yeah. but now you know around the holidays it always slows down just a little bit but That's the interest per- rates are incredible yeah, not just so, the pent-up but demand but slowing down like completely
3: yeah <laughs> i think it keeps freezing to- yeah, go ahead. Dave. You have to
2: put up with this uh, with terrible internet here. Yeah. Uh, not just the pent up demand, but you know the inflation from all of that printing press money and. Absolute.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And low interest
2: rates, so uh, uh, real estate's a good thing especially for the rich and famous i might add or just uh <laughs> yeah for
0: uh, it, all, all no discrimination in for here it's for everybody um <laughs> we see a lot of uh bigger homes being sold we see a lot of first time home buyers that are taking advantage of the interest rates people that are just um they want some outdoor space they're moving from condos to single family homes because they are spending sure. so much time at home and need a, uh, a home office or a quiet place away from their kids <laughs>
3: Oh my! Mm-hmm. So when Mary, when well, you, I'm I'm curious what you... go, ahead, Dave.
2: You did before you became famous on television.
0: Real estate. I I've had my license since 2008.
2: In real estate. Okay. Yeah. And so, how did you have the opportunity to meet uh, Oppenheimer, Oppenheim. Am I saying that right? Name. Uh, right? Openheim. Yes. Thank yeah. you.
0: <laughs> we have known each other for many years. Um, we were friends back in to i think for for about 10 to 15 years we've been friends and then i moved back uh here and started working with his company i was with another brokerage before and then i started working with him
3: wow so did you taking that leap of faith to do the show what were you nervous about it at first
0: yeah yeah it was both nervous (laughs) and excited um we, you know, when you're already doing well and you're successful, the only thing, it, it, the fear is that they're not going to portray us the right way and we can actually lose our clients and, and our clients aren't going to respect us. Mm. Um, so that was a big fear. I think for me also putting my personal life out there, I was one of the only ones that had my relationship on the show. Um, some of the other girls, their husbands or boyfriends, I couldn't um, be involved for other obligations and. And so that was a bit nerve wracking, Um, but, you know, I think it all worked out. It, it, I think the producers did a very good job at just portraying us like we are. Um, They didn't twist anything. They didn't um, try to throw us under the bus. And so um, I think everything's worked out well. I've gotten a lot of new clients out of it and, um, and Romaine and I are still happy and married. So it didn't end our relationship. So it's all good.
3: And COVID's not ruined your relationship either, right? Getting no. And
0: you always
2: did. You always did high-end homes. You always did high-end homes before.
0: Um. Well, in LA, every compared to the rest of the country, I think everything's um expensive in a high-end home. Sure. But I my first sale, I think, was around a million. Somewhere right around a million. And then I sold, I sold their home and then they bought a home in the same transaction and that was my first deal. And both, so both of those were right around, I think a million and, and then the other one was a, a little over, maybe 1.3, I'll have to look back. It was a long time ago.
2: <laughs> so how does it work for the client who knows he's being filmed throughout the entire uh, real estate transaction? Does that tend to increase the possibility of a sale or decrease <laughs> because he's on TV?
0: Um, well, a lot of times uh, it's up to each client. Um, we, there's a bunch of clients we have and a lot of transactions that we do that are never seen because they won't appear on TV. And there's a lot of people that are, do want to keep their homes or themselves very private. And so we can't show those. Um, and, and then other people are super excited about the, about the idea of being on the show. But it, I would say... Being on the show doesn't exactly increase the chances of us selling it, um, because by the time the show comes out, hopefully we would have already have had it sold. Otherwise, we're not doing our job right. Um, but, but it definitely helps with just getting our name out there, getting the type of properties out there, so there are a lot of eyes on us, and then we can, um, right. the more eyes that are on us, the more they're gonna see the properties.
3: So, how challenging it is it right now? Even though you said the rates are so low, it's it's a it's a seller's market or a buyer's market. What's ha- happening right
0: now? It depends on the price point, mm-hmm. um, it, you know. In the lower price point, I would say three million and under, it is. Um, I would well, I would say it's a it's a seller's market because there's a lot of of over asking. It's starting to change a little bit now, but over the summer there there were so many offers. Everything was in multiples over asking and, and buyers were so frustrated. But but then in the upper price points, um, I would I would say like three to five or, or over, um, then it still remains a buyer's market.
3: Wow. Go ahead, Dave. You want another question? Or maybe I think maybe? I can't no. tell
0: oh, the internet yeah. like so crazy. I can't tell if
3: people are frozen or that'll be edited out. So don't worry, Mary. Uh, okay. <laughs> radio too. I'm sure I, I, I saw the press. So the way I met Mary or met her publicist was a press release that came out and said, hey, Can I interview her? Cause I'm always interviewing celebrities and different things. And I'm like, great. Okay. So the, yeah. the thing is, do you consider yourself a celebrity? I'm just going to nail <laughs> the
0: thing. Um, you know, I don't, it's really hard for me to grasp this, but it's a, it's very different. Um, but then I just did the People's Choice Awards and presented on Sunday. And that, I think that was a moment where I I was there and I'm like, how is this my life right now? This is insane. <laughs> and then I watched it back and, and it was just, I was, I just sat there and smiled for like forever. I'm like, I don't know how I've been so lucky and how how my life has turned into this. But I guess in some way, I'm never going to look at myself like I'm a cool celebrity or something. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I do understand that people know who I am. And and they're asking me to do all these cool things because they they consider me one.
3: Yeah. Well, you are. If you're on a reality show, you're a celebrity. Just face (laughs) it, Mary. And because you're in the real estate game where the best money is get more clients, are you thinking of expanding it all to other Uh, other things because of that celebrity status, you know, selling other products and stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm always going to be in real estate. I love it. It's, It's what I'm passionate about, but if there's a good opportunity and, and a business, I mean a business opportunity where I think that I would enjoy being a part of that it could expand um my wealth and 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 kind of diversify like so if something ever for god forbid happened the show ends i've got this that's giving me a nest egg over here i like to make smart sure. business decisions so i think while while this is um going on and while i have the opportunity make the most of it
2: sure now how did you transition i mean when you first got the reality show was it all about real estate and then slowly you're personal life started coming more and more into it i mean you got married on the show for goodness sakes
0: yeah um no i think that they i think that they have it was always supposed to be about us uh, all of us and our personal lives but i think with me because romaine and i are both on the show most of the other significant others aren't on the show so we're the only one so i think you see more of our personal lives than you do a lot of the other girls until well christine now has has um christian on the show but um part of the time but um i don't i don't know i i mean i think all of us our lives are our personal lives too because we're all friends we all go out we all Uh hang out together so even if it's business it's somewhat still personal are
2: are they like shy about putting their personal life on the show i i know you're not.
0: not he's not shy at all people so had him pegged wrong like on season one everyone's like he doesn't talk He has no personality he that man doesn't like be quiet for a second um he's so outgoing but um no he doesn't care at all i think i think christine's husband um is more shy um i i don't know i don't know him that well but i I think that that's how he is
2: and how did how did dating the boss for a year change your relationship or did it (laughs)
0: No, it didn't. I mean, if anything, it brought us closer. Mm -hmm. Um, We, we have like a huge amount of respect for each other. And, and just because we weren't right for each other, dating doesn't mean that, that we don't still love each other and, and, and admire each other. Um, So I think it's made us closer. It's, um, we don't fight about anything besides deals. (laughs) <laughs> Which uh, we we go at it sometimes, <laughs> um, but I, I think it's helped. I mean, we just I mean, we have so much respect for each other, and we understand each other very very well. So I think a lot of the girls, and um, like in the cast, like they they turn to me to try to help them out or talk to them, uh, talk mm-hmm. to him because I know how to how to speak to him. I know how to get through to him. I know what pushes his buttons. Um, so. I tend to help the other girls out if they have bad news to break.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now, when you're not working, when you're not doing real estate, uh, when you're not on the show, what are your hobbies and interests besides painting, as I can see behind you?
0: <laughs> um, I, very well, good, I love to travel, but unfortunately that's been yes. kind of put on hold for the most part. Um, yeah. Travel is what I, I have a huge passion for. Um, I like just, I know it sounds stupid, but just going to brunch with all of our friends is doing like big, um, like just normal kind of stuff. I love just going to brunch and going to the beach and, and pool parties and stuff. Everything oh, we can't do.
3: You can't do it. COVID. So, so that's, <laughs> see, that's the hard part, Mary, your business, everyone's suffering, but your business blew up during this time, and, but you can't enjoy it. So how much can you not I know. <laughs> back to normal? I mean, I just cannot wait. I don't know when that'll be 2021, that'll be March or April, but I mean, we're about to go into this tough situation, but thank goodness, your business keeps thriving when a lot of other businesses aren't. And that's got to hurt because you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm extremely
0: lucky, yeah. extremely lucky, both from the show and just the real estate market, yeah. because I think season three, I think COVID had a lot to do with why it really picked up on season three because everyone was in lockdown and whether or not you were, would have normally had the time to watch the show whether you would normally be interested in watching it you've already watched everything else on netflix so (laughs) (laughs) you're like obligated to do it at that point you're like well there's nothing else and then they (laughs) loved it but and i had people reach out to me on social media and stuff saying that they're like i hate reality and i didn't i just like stumbled across it and so decided to watch it and they're obsessed so and i think that's happened a lot and it's picked up because of everybody being at home. So I'm grateful for that. Um, and then well,
2: we're told that the TV industry is you know, hurting because they can't f- make films and this and that. How has COVID affected the reality show
0: and um, well, shooting it? We we are um, kind of delayed on on starting back up. Um, uh, we have a good feeling we're going to get season four. We can't announce mm-hmm. anything um, officially yet. But, um, but once this opens up we'll be able to but they the production companies have figured out ways to start filming again though yeah they have Um, it is very expensive to to get all the teams together complying with the covid um measures that have to be put in place it's very expensive for them to do that and then also yeah just coordination keeping everybody however distance apart making sure like they're they're just up up to date and and following all the regulations. So but they are doing it. Um everyone's back and filming. Christielle just did dancing with the stars. Um and she was able to do that. And so I kind of got to see what the process was, what they have to change and do now. Um, But I think it's just all about adapting. We're going to be able to move on with every in every way. Everyone's going to be able to move on with our lives. We just have to do it differently.
3: Exactly. And the thing is you think about Mary is in in this in the process is they're learning to film and they're learning to do things. If look at the NFLs; all the sports are playing. They're going to have to do it because that's part of what has to entertain people through this tough time. Yeah. People, even with a lockdown, we figured it out. Yet the average everyday person doesn't want to follow the measures that mm. a that a place does, or NFL does, or any of the different sports, or everybody with testing and and all that. It, it needs to be done world worldwide to so we can at least live some sort of normalcy till the till the vaccine.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I, you know, I think we just all have to kind of suck it up and do what we've got to do um, to get through this and try to live as much of a normal life as possible Um, for all these athletes and, and actors I mean, they still need to make a living The people sitting at home that are now working from home. They need to be entertained. So we just, you know, <laughs> whatever it takes, let's do it. Yes,
2: we need to be entertained. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what's what's do. on your bucket list? You've got some uh, future things that you'd like to accomplish at your tender young age of, uh, I don't know, 25, whatever you are. Oh,
0: well, thank you. I'm 40, but
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, I see. I, yeah. been...
0: <laughs> I just turned 40. Um,
3: say you look like a young happy birthday. Woman. Did anyone ever say you look like a young Sharon Stone? Oh yeah.
0: Ah, well, thank you. I get a bunch of the hair. I (laughs) I think it's the hair now because now that I'm I'm kind of doing a new thing, I think it is the hair. I've gotten so many different people, Cameron Diaz, and (sighs) um, like I don't know, a a ton of people. But uh, I'll take Sharon Stone.
2: Okay. (laughs) Well, obviously, you look dangerous enough to be Sharon Stone.
3: Yeah. Smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. What's that? the smile it's It's the smile
0: smile. oh yeah a devilish smile
3: (laughs) oh my gosh i'm ready for lunch right because you're in california it's almost time for lunch (laughs) yeah all right dave
0: yeah i i was actually just trying to in between interviews i was like trying to scarf down soup really fast
3: (laughs) (laughs) all right so dave go ahead and ask your final question, the caregiver question. It's a really interesting story. Mary sure. I'm,
2: has. I'm caregiver Dave. Uh, my wife had a headache about 24 years ago, turned into a stroke and lost her speech, became paralyzed. And uh, it was a rough uh, grieving period, a couple of years. And then she finally reinvented herself, got through the grief process. We, our love was rekindled. We almost broke up during that time. And now we travel the country, uh, just sharing with caregivers how to stay alive because 30% of them actually die. I'm assuming since your first husband died and I'm so sorry about that, that you had a little touch of caregiving going on there too. How has it touched your life? I mean, I started my website, caregiverdave.com membership website to help caregivers. It's like a support group. So uh, share some of your experience.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I do, without going into a lot of detail about him, like um, for his other family and stuff, but he was an incredible man. um, You know, very, very, successful and, and he started having some health issues. Um, so for, I would say about a year and a half, maybe, um, of our life like it was in and out of hospitals every oh every week um, going in wow. for, he had a heart attack, went in for like had pneumonia. Um, there was a lot of things and, and just being at home, he wasn't able to like even lay down all the way without aspirating, oh um, it was, it was a lot it was, yep. it was a lot and and it uh it kind of split us up um yeah. for a while too um so we actually um were split we were still very very good friends but i just i at some point i just felt like i was enabling i don't know like i it just didn't yeah. feel like like i was helping at all and it was so yeah. hard to watch him deteriorating
2: yeah, um and then he ended
0: up passing suddenly so um
2: so sorry about that it, yeah a job. burning out and uh you know not putting your needs first it's it's really really bad
0: yeah yeah i um it's it's very hard and, and my hat goes off to everybody that has ever been through it because it's i mean you know you're doing it for them but it does take just an emotional toll um on you it's it's like you just feel like you can't you're never doing mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm.
2: um well sorry for your loss
3: Thank you. So, Mary, best place we can connect with you, social media and stuff. Where can we go? Yeah,
0: the Mary Fitzgerald is my IG. Um, I believe it, Mary Fitzgerald. I, I don't know what my <laughs> Facebook and, and uh, Twitter are. I'd have to ask my assistant.
2: We can just <laughs> do a search. You'll so come up.
0: I like have it. The on my real
2: face. Mary Fitzgerald. Have You
3: ever tried TikTok yet, Mary? I'm on TikTok now, and I'm finding it funny. <laughs>
0: really I you know what I hear all about this and we are like leasing and selling places to a bunch of these tiktok stars and they are real, like breaking the money yeah I can't believe oh I'm goodness. not on it I should be when I see how much they're good. making
3: yeah, sure. you you blow up on it's it crazy. especially you could do real estate stuff that's tips and stuff and do it in a funny way and it's another good promotion and it'll be as strong as your IG so think about it
0: okay I will like, yeah. I, I only know about people dancing. I'm like, yeah, I'm not a dancer. No, it's, so it's, it's, why it's am I going to
3: be on that? It. now? people just follow you because you're a celebrity. You'll get that. You'll get the, you know, the check mark and you'll get all these people to follow. And you could do something funny sometimes. But other times you could be seriously telling people about real estate and having a platform for it oh. and, and the show. Okay. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll get on
0: that then.
3: Okay. It's, it's really changed in the last six months. I've been I intre- I've, I've figured out how to build followers really quickly, just like I did in Twitter and different things. And I'm like, okay. I'm going to try to see this, but it's amazing the ones that blow up with millions of followers. How much money they're making? I do. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's
0: incredible, absolutely incredible. All
3: right, so I got to do more research to find out how to become TikTok famous. Maybe that's my
0: by- yeah. Wow. Right, I'll follow you when I get mine set
3: up. I'll follow you. All right, Mary. He's, All right, he's, appreciate he's you. It's amazing with and the and
2: other social media as well. A lot
3: of fun and thanks for taking the time. Your busy schedule, and I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah.
0: It's great Absolutely. Meeting you. So
3: nice speaking to you guys. All right Bye-bye. guys. All right, you're Bye. listening to the Neil Haley show and we'll be back in just a moment.
5: Celebrity Slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through Sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby! What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today!
3: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Haley Show, and I'm excited to welcome to this show uh, Michael Sequela, actor, director. How are you, Michael? Thanks for calling. appreciate it, man.
6: Yeah, I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. I'm doing good. And my last name is Sequela.
3: Sequela. That's what I said. I misunderstood. I apologize. I'll fix that up. Yeah,
6: that's okay. No, no. It's all right. Everybody butchers it. They think the L's are silent. No problem. All right,
3: so Michael, let's kind of just jump specifically in. Did you always want to be an actor?
6: No. No, I wanted to be, when I was really little, I wanted to be a bone specialist, a bone doctor. I wanted to fix (laughs) broken bones. And then I switched, and I I had a killer baseball career going, and I wanted to stay in sports. So then I became hooked in the acting world in my middle to late teens that give you some idea what i
1: did
3: oh that's great so like finally that later on you decide hey i want i'm gonna do do this acting gig thing and if and how did like that process go explain the you know once you got into this that you said this is gonna be my career
6: well i was uh I was a really good ball player, and I played all the eligibility I could in high school, and I was going to go to so Arizona. I went to Arizona State to play baseball, and I was riding my unicycle back from practice, at baseball practice in upstate New York at Fairport High School. And I was driving my bike or riding it, and the drama coach, you know, the girl that I knew called me over and wanted me to be in the high school play. And that's kind of how it started. When they finally convinced me to go in and audition. I saw all these cute girls and the leotards and they were all stretching. And I go, you know what? I think I can do this. You know, where do I sign up? So I read for it. I was terrible, but I got the lead and the high school play. And I did all the high school play. Then <laughs> I got, then I got a job at a, at a dinner, a country dinner at the East Rochester, New York, where they brought in uh, big, big stars, big entertainers. They, they made the, or they built the room just like a baby showroom. <clears throat> And I was a busboy. And then I got promoted to backstage manager, and I got to meet Jerry Lewis. I got to meet uh, a bunch of really famous acts, Shirley McLean, Rocco Wallace. When they were all coming through, I kept asking everybody, how do I get started? What do I got to do? I want to be famous. Because when I saw the audience applaud, and it really got in my blood. And plus being, doing a little plays in high school, when the curtains opened up, oh, my God, I was in love. So I was like pushing it. Nobody really helped me, but the Gaylords came through. Gaylord and honey, an and all the Act. and they came through and <laughs> sat me down one night. And they were eating their steak, and the meat was falling out of them. I'm like, these guys, are, these guys are big time, and they eat like, you know, low class. I couldn't believe it. But they told me how to get started, steal material from this guy that guy. So I started as a stand-up comedian, and I was really successful. And then uh, going to school and playing ball in Arizona. They do a lot of movies in Arizona. And my girlfriend at the time was uh, wardrobe. She did costumes and wardrobe for the high, for the co- college boys. But she was working for a Wild West town where they made movies where Dick Van Dyke had a soundstage and John Wayne and Elvis all made movies at a Patsy Land movie ranch. And while I went out there, the show, the stunt shows, didn't go because one of their actors didn't show up. So they told the, the main guy, Hey, Michael's an actor. Cause yeah, but we got 20 lines. Can you memorize 20 lines in 12 minutes? I said, yeah. So I memorized the lines and got dressed up like a cowboy and I went out and got shot. And I remember my face on that hot Arizona granite and my face was burning, but I loved it. <laughs> I knew then that I wanted to do, I want to do more than I wanted to do live, but I want to. So uh, Vern Peel, a director that did some uh, John Wayne's movies and, he was coming through town to do a picture called Frank Holz in town. Okay. Anyways, it's after chasing around, I finally got a lead role in that, and I was one of the five guys that robbed the bank, and we held up, and, and this is where we shot the movie, and I got the bug, and everybody told me to move to L.A., so I went to L.A. and got an agent. That's how it all started for me. Now, but once you're in front of the camera, it's totally different than being on stage. Exactly. It's a different kind
3: yes. of love. Mm-hmm. It definitely is because you have a different type of acting, right? And when you're on the stage, you really have to improvise a lot more. And when you get on camera, it's more about the appearance and multiple takes compared to hey, I gotta, yeah, I gotta really sell the audience every night on stage.
6: On the yeah, the director side of me, basically, the theater is big. You gotta be huge. You gotta project to the last guy in the last seat in yeah. the back row. If he can't see you or feel your emotions, then you're not doing your job. And camera, if you do that, you're too big, you'll never work. It's like Deborah Winger when she did that cowboy movie with uh, John Travolta. She was a stage actor, and they almost fired her because she was too big. So the camera picks up every little move on your face. So it is a lot of takes, but it's learning how to do the same kind of feelings but much smaller because camera, you know, the, the lenses pick up everything. So it's a big difference in acting.
3: Yeah, I think and, and I think it, and that's an interesting point you're bringing up as a director. And so as an actor, kind of tell us these challenges of transitioning from stage to film.
6: Well, you got to calm down and stage, you got to project, you got to be bigger than life. You don't have to be combat character like you do in film. On film, as an actor, you got to study your role. you gotta, you got to know the whole script from front to end. you got to know your backstory, and you need to know where you're going with it. Because every time you do a take, it's not a sequence. In a play, stage, you go straight through. You start, and then it ends, and the applause, and you're done. Movies, they may start with the middle of the movie, and then they do a third-way end, and then they do the ending. So you have to know mentally be prepared to have those emotions at different levels of the acting during the filming. So, you know, like, say, you've got to be real emotional because somebody died, and that's a very first scene you shoot, but you don't know the rest of the story. If you don't read the script and pay attention, you're going to be a lousy actor. The transition is tough because now you really got to concentrate, you got to study, and you got to become that actor. And so for two weeks, two months, three months, whatever... However long the shooting schedule is, you gotta become that like De Niro and all those guys, they met that actors. They become that actor. And they stay in character all day long. And even when they go home sometimes, they still become that person. When I did my movie Dream Round, I became Joe Bona and I became this worn out, retired, you know, family was killed in a car crash. And so I kinda like became that guy. I didn't shave. I grew the beard. I was a bum. I smoked a lot of cigars, and that's who I was for three or four weeks. <clears throat> so when I showed up, I was him. It was easy to do. But now, if it was a play, I would do the two hours and I'm done, and I go home, shower, shave, and so.
3: Not where it's constant for weeks on the end, and you have to live and breathe that character. Now, so tell us about your latest projects. Update us on your latest projects. Well,
6: I have two of them. I don't know which one you're referring to, but we'll start with Dream Round. Dream opened up a week ago. I have two of in sixty-three countries. Starring myself and Richard Grieco from 21 Jump Street, looks to kill. Got a newcomer, a little Alexa Lomans, great little actress. And the, the idea, well, the story is that I could have been a pro golfer. In real life, I am a really good golfer, but I could have okay. been a pro golfer. But I decided to raise my family, get married, have children, you know. But I go play the local tournaments on the weekend. Well, as I grow and get older, I don't play as many tournaments, and I'm too busy working, bringing in money. Right. Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, the wife says, Look, we got money. Take some time off. Call me a pro conference. It's your dream. Call your dream. We can survive. And he's like, Yeah, yeah. He's too busy. He's in his school. He's files working. But then leave, and his daughter, his son, and his wife are killing my car crash. Right? So talk about drama and tragedy. So he, 15 years later, he's in a trailer park. Oh and my he has gosh. to shade. He shaves once every two, three weeks. He smokes cigars. He listens to golf. And he fits. And he's, you know, the guy probably, you know, had a half million dollar, three quarter million dollar house, had a beautiful car. But now he's just a bum, kind of. And he's just laying, going through life, barely making it. Still has the feelings for the family. Still... Very, I don't know, I can't think of the word. But so a little 10-year-old girl keeps coming by a scooter and drives him nuts every day. Hi, Mr. Bonhari, why do you keep asking me the same question? And it, it kind of brings him to life, and then she leaves. Well, a ghost comes and appears, and that ghost is his wife channeling through an ex-golfer, a pro golfer who passed away many years earlier, who wakes him up, tells him, get dressed, clean up, Lose some weight, if, because he's way overweight. Right. Shave your face, and let's go back and play some golf. And he goes, well, I don't play golf anymore. No, 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 you're going to be in the Arizona Open. No, I'm not. He goes, yes, you are. So the the motivation with the kid and the and the uh, ghost or the angel, they get him to start playing. He's terrible. His back hurts. He can't swing. And as he goes through, the little girl and him become close, and they go eat apple pie, and he meets a waitress that remembered when his family first passed away. And he drinks coffee with two sugars. So they, they, uh, she's hurt, hitting on him, flirting with him. He doesn't see it because he's still, you know, he's still in pain from the family. that passed away. Well, eventually he's going to hook up with the girl and a lot of interest. And the little girl, the waitress, and the ghost from the angel, they're going to get this guy to play golf. But now they they have to beat Richard Rico to get into the pre qualifier. And there's going to be some big man pros to get you know, the deal. And it's called Dream Round and it's a wonderful piece. We've been getting great reviews. Congrats. It.
3: Yeah. I
6: read a, I read one yesterday. A woman said, I love, love, love your movie. I started with booth pumps, then I had tears rolling down my face. The full blown crying. She's like, I've never felt so emotional. This movie is wonderful. So she posted everywhere you could on the Dream Round. I'm like, my makes her she loves the movie. Everybody needs to see it. You know, another guy said that he started it, you know, a rough guy. Like, uh, you know, maybe yeah. construction type of guy. He said he started watching it, and he was hooked. He didn't do the tears and the crying, but he said that he couldn't put it down. He couldn't wait to see what happened. Is this guy going to make it? Is he going to be able to play again? You know, he he. so I've been getting really – I didn't expect it. I did a movie a couple of years earlier, Mafia, mafia movie called El Coyote, and I didn't get these kind of reviews. You know, I mean, I got reviews like this average Joe guy being a lead actor. It's refreshing to see somebody else doing those parts instead of the usual suspect. Right. But when I heard these reviews, wow. Yeah. And my other picture, the other picture we were filming during COVID. Well, Arizona opened up in June. We started shooting. Carolina's Calling, an alien, a comedy with an alien twist, <laughs> and, it's about an alien that crash lands in South Carolina because he's hit by a beam that two engineers developed continuous energy but it wasn't quite working right and the one po- I play oh it's just cameo but I blow it up send the beam up I hit a, a ship that's been sh- snooping around our satellites because our signals are going to their planet 4.3 layers away and it's hurting their brains. they're blowing them up so they came down to seek and destroy but he gets hit with the beam crash lands in Carolina and the main character in that is uh, Antonio Sabato Jr. and Stacey Dash from Clueless and Money. And uh, Jacob Hopkins, the young kid that's on Goldberg's and a bunch of other good stuff, voice voices on cartoons. And there's a big company in LA that called me and talked to me about him because they want to develop him to the next uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Anyway, oh, so we're, huh. we're, it's a great, yeah, they really, it's a $100 million movie, and they asked me a bunch of questions about this kid. He's an arm movie. How's he easy to work with? What do you think? Because they really like him. His agents and managers don't even know yet that they're gonna they're gonna probably hire this kid in a huge movie. They wanna make him a Leonardo because he's young. He's only eighteen. But he's in my movie and the picture basically it, it started five years ago, but present day I'm gonna movie present day. You know, our main actor um, in the movie Martin Haas is his character is constantly getting signals in his brain, he's hearing voices to come to Carolina. Billboards, yeah. newspaper are everywhere, come to Carolina. He don't know what the heck it is. So when he finally develops the continuous energy, it's called the Radiotron, and he can it can run anything. It's the end of fossil fuel, the big companies, Mobile and Exxon, all the energy companies, shoot them down. They won't want them any money. They won't help. They're going to crush them. So he packs up, and they move to Carolina. Him and his daughter. She falls in love with that uh, Jacob Hopkins. Her name is Savannah Ma. She's a great local actress. Did a great job. Beautiful blonde. And uh, they fall in love immediately, and they're out. So she's got a boyfriend. She's happy. And our, our main actor, he's snooping around, and, you know, he goes into a jewelry store looking to buy something for his daughter, and he meets Stacy Dash, and they hit it off. And um, eventually he's going to go to this barn that he's been dreaming about every night. When he goes to open up, there's an old guy there. How you doing? My name is Charlie. We've been waiting for you. How do you know who I am? No, don't worry about it. takes him in the barn, he opens it up, and there's this eight-foot-tall alien, Bob. How you doing, Martin? My name is Bob. You can tell mine spell my name for the B-O-B. You want beer? Oh, I love beer. So we got this eight-foot-tall, cute alien, great actor, very emotional, even though he's wearing a mask, that pulls it off to where you laugh. I mean, you laugh hard. He drinks beer and it goes all over his clothes, all over his face. And, uh, you know, he's going to help Martin beat up the ex-husband. I mean, it's just really fun. And they have to build a teleportation system to get him home because his spaceship's crashed. Well, with that Radiotron, that cube you're going to be able to get them home. They're going to... So that's Carolina's calling. It'll be a theatrical release in February. I directed it, and I have a cameo in it only. I co-wrote it with a lady by the name of uh, Dawn Arvizio, and she used to write for a production company in Los Angeles, and she moved to Arizona. Recently.
3: So, Michael, you, you have so many different things. You're a mover and shaker in Hollywood, it sounds like.
6: Yeah, that's so what my entertainment attorney finally told me. The attorney goes, you know, I used to drive your own shaker now. People are looking up to you because you're working, and they're not. You're out there. You're getting funded. You're getting them out. They're getting distributed all over the world. I mean, the company that distributes our our films, my films, is owned is owned by Sony now. So I'm big
3: time. Congrats, yeah. Yeah. I, No, I used to be. Yeah, but you, now we're everywhere. But I can tell how you do it, Michael. You are down to earth. You get with people. You are creative, and you make sure things happen.
6: Yeah, you got to execute and complete. Everybody makes movies. It's like, you know, there's so many people trying to make film, and they make them. Some make them, and they shoot in whatever format they can, and they can't sell them. You have to have some semi names or, or name actors in them, and you got to have distribution. Now, you go out and you raise money. There's a lot of these guys that go out and raise money. My age, you know, i going to meet kids, and they go out and they get 15 grand from mama and 20 grand from grandpa. And, a couple of friends and they raise 30, 40,000 and they go out and I shoot a movie, but it's junk. And then they can't sell it, you know? And then you got other kids going out there and they're raising 50 grand, 75 grand, 100 grand. And they make a pretty decent picture, but it doesn't go anywhere because no one will buy it. There's nobody in it. And now they're getting sued. And some of them go to prison because, you know, you take out big money and you can't pay it back and you make commitments. And if they get mad, they come after you and you're in trouble. So I make sure that all my films Get completed and have stars in them and have distribution. Otherwise, you know, a long time ago I got in trouble for doing some stock stuff, and I know what it's like to get it hard by the government, and I don't like it. And I'll never do that again. So I just make my projects. Sometimes it takes a while for them to get paid back, right. but everything. It's not now. COVID killed Dreamrun because Dreamrun had a nice theatrical release in Feb. March 27th we were going to be on the screen. And they closed it on us. So now we had to go digital, but we finally got it open, and it's doing really well. So now that everybody will make, you know, a decent return on that project. But so, it's not, I mean, it's everything. Yeah. you got to
3: hustle. you got to hustle, and you're a hustler. Michael, where can we connect with you? Where's the best place?
6: Yeah, let me give you my personal phone number. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Hey, how you doing? You got cute girls over there in the world? Why like, are you, know, you doing? I'm just kind like a droop. Jesus, I can't believe I said that. All right, go to, you know, uh, they want to see what I do, then punch in Michael Sequela, S-A-Q-U-E-L-L-A, on IMDb.com, the internet movie database. And you know, celebrities and movie stars, I mean, you know, you a lot of stuff on that. But otherwise, I'm on Facebook, Michael Sequela after is my public page. And I asked my personal page, but I'm pretty much full on Michael Sikral on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at Michael Sikral and I'm on uh, Instagram at Michael Sikral. So
3: So everything's just my full name together. Impressive stuff, man. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, I tell you, you really know how to sell your stuff too. People need to check out both films, check out Michael. And I appreciate you coming by.
6: Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate being on the show.
3: Take care, Michael. See ya. All right, bye bye. You listen to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Christopher Hall Show. And I'm excited to welcome to the program, Dr. Christopher Hall. Dr. Hall, how are you? Thank you for your service. And again, what who our guest is today, Dr. Hall, is exactly what you're trying to do. You are trying to. Um, you know, bring awareness into education through your book and through a possible foundation, and she's doing the same thing. So go ahead and introduce our guest.
7: Wow, you know what? You're totally right about that, Neil. And um, and again, that, that's the you know kind of uh, uh, people that we need. So well, anyway, uh, you know, it's my honor, great uh, pleasure like to introduce a uh, very dynamic individual, um, uh, Mrs. Uh, Breon. Moses.
5: What's to show, Brian? Hi, thank you for having me.
3: Yes, absolutely. From Seven Hilts uh Foundation and uh very, very interesting. And Dr. Hall the first question for you and Doctor Hall, her resume is pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah,
7: it's outstanding, uh no doubt. And um Thank you. So yeah, Brent well no problem. And uh, so tell us a little bit about um You're the Seven Hills Foundation, and why you decided to uh, set that foundation?
5: So the Seven Hills Production Foundation um, is the nonprofit arm of my Seven Hills Production um, LLC. So I own a production company, um, and the foundation is the nonprofit arm of it. And so I decided, you know that literally it came to me in a dream to create um, this foundation to support students at Historically Black Colleges and Universities. University, excuse me, um, because I am a product of that. I graduated from the illustrious Florida A&M University. So my entire goal is to support those students at those HBCUs because we know they're underfunded. So... You when the dream came to me, I said, you know what, let me jump on this and really go because I didn't know of any other, you know, production companies that have a nonprofit arm that focuses primarily on historically black colleges and universities.
3: You know, it's interesting when you talk about that because so the funding is sometimes not there. Explain that a little bit to us.
5: So a lot of the HBCUs are underfunded. You know, um, when you look at, you can tell by the college campuses. You can tell by some programs that are offered on campus, you know, and as you can see in different states, sometimes funding is, uh, is cut from their budget. So, you know, and I can tell by, you know, being at FAMU, even after, you know, FAMU and listening to uh, how money is issued to different universities and you know, how, you know, the distribution of of funding is completely different. Um, So, you know, a lot of times we don't have all the resources. So that's primarily what I'm talking about when when dealing with funding resources, we don't have a lot of resources. So with creating this nonprofit, you know, I want to be able to support students at all historically black colleges not just, you know, the one that I graduated from because, you know, we are HBCU community. We take care of each other
3: and we support one another. That's great. Good. Dr. All next question.
7: Yeah. And that's, that's very important. And, um, and so, um, you know, I, I attended a Fisk university, actually there in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, um, on so, I mean, I understand how okay. funny is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, for uh, HBCUs and again how important HBCUs have been to uh, the, the success of our, our young people uh, and the progress really of uh, uh, Black Americans here in this country. So, but uh, now many of the, the scholarships that you guys give are, are, are in what field? And I talked about that, the scholarships you guys give for the students in the HBCUs? Okay, so with our
5: scholarships, uh, it's a little bit different. Um, Me, I didn't graduate with a degree in, you know, film, theater, or digital design. My scholarship is open for students in any degree still. Um, It's open for them to apply, but they have to show an interest in some aspect of film and entertainment. So, for example, if you're, you know, if you're interested in um, if you're interested in filmmaking, you have you know your script and you just need some funding where you need to pay your actors, or you you've already shot your film and you need the extra money for editing, you know, or paying. So our scholarship is for students to help them produce their product, which is their film, or they can use the money to use towards their education. So it's it's a Twofold, and I wanted to make it, you know, for students, uh, let them use the fund funding, how they see fit. Um, because I have quite a few friends who are actors um, and directors that their degrees are in business, you know, um, in English and things like right. that, but they're in entertainment. And a lot of times, you know, we go and get these degrees as a plan B, um, because we know what our plan A is. So, you know, our degree sometimes is our fallback plan, and for me, that's what uh, my two degrees—they're they're my fallback plan, just in case if you know I decide you know what this is not what I want to do, let me go and utilize my college degrees.
3: And see, that's so important when you talked about you utilize your college degree and and take that opportunity and learning film and TV and all these different things. There's a lot of opportunities out there, aren't there? Right now. Especially with the changes yeah. of how it is. Yeah.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. There are a lot of opportunities, you know, that's happening um, for black and brown people. And it's a great thing, but why did it have to start now? You know, this is kind of late in the game, um, but hey, it's a start somewhere. We want to just keep that momentum going and not, you know, have organizations say they're about diversity and inclusion and not really putting forth the effort of really fulfilling
3: diversity and inclusion, you know. Absolutely. Next question, Dr. Hall. So
7: oh, no, no, I was saying that's just so true uh, with Grant And, you know, I, I think, again, the, the thing is now is that, you know, she is, uh, you know, she's taking the lead in this. She's showing examples of what other uh, people can do is start foundations to help uh, students uh, bring their ideals forth. So, one uh, well, credible. Now, um, any, um, so far, which colleges have received uh, students from which colleges, which I'm just wondering, have received the scholarship. So, um,
5: we have just marked one year. Um, so the first scholarship recipient, she what, she is a current student at Florida and m University. We have applications. I was just going through them last night. Students um, from um, Southern applied. Students from Clark Atlanta applied. Um, I had some students from Morgan State, Howard. And I was just overwhelmed, like, gosh, you know, the mission and and. And just what we're doing is really getting out uh, for students to to know about it. So I was looking through some of the applications last night, and I literally, it brought me to tears, like, you know, our mission is really getting out, and students are definitely interested in taking advantage of this opportunity. And I'm just very grateful and happy that, you know, the word of mouth and everything is, is really getting out
3: another big part of this is you still need more funding for the foundation yes. right and that's so tell us about the fundraising efforts
5: so our fundraising efforts right now has been in-kind donations um, we are talking right now with a couple organizations with them wanting to partner um, with us but it's been a lot of in-kind donations um, from from different organizations and uh, funding from People's personal pocket um, so you know we have some upcoming things where we're going you know to do some stuff um, I can't really think about it just yet but our big uh, fundraising happens at our real back film summit so what that summit does is for it's a platform for students as well as um, alumni of, of any HBCU um, we have film screenings um, they, we have panels, um, we have networking opportunities set up, um, mentorship. I mean, we do the whole dine at the Real Back Film Summit and, and uh, people are able um, to purchase tickets and that goes towards our fundraising efforts. But of course, we're always looking for you know donations and partnerships, um, lasting relationships with people um, for our mission to continue to grow
3: next question dr Hall.
7: Oh. well I mean that's that's great you know and uh and and it's kind of it's uh you know just seeing all the talent coming out of Hcu uh, you look at the I mean the, the different directors in the past and, and especially Spike Lee and', and rail doll and a number of other individuals. so um very 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 interesting incredible uh yeah so the, yeah the other question is, uh, this the um, scholarship is it's a, it's offered every one year. Can there be one recipient, or can there be more than one recipient? And
5: well, so okay. since okay, so we're not doing this year. Fortunate enough, we received a lot of um, in-kind donations, which has pushed our mission to be able to support uh, several students um, this upcoming year. So last year right. we were brand new. Um, And we gave away one scholarship. So our mission each year is to continue to grow and grow. And this year, you know, a lot of fundraising went in. Uh, People definitely donated. So we're able to offer more scholarships this year. Um, And then next year, we're wanting to continue to show a growth.
3: Well, thanks again for, uh, for stopping by. Appreciate it very, very much. And such a great mission. And keep up the great work. Thank you all for having me. All right. Take care. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, guys. That was the Dr. Christopher Hall Show, guys. Take care, everybody. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and
3: groom?
5: Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
3: No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: (laughs)